Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. As the Imams will tell you, that as Friday approaches and they have to give the Jummah khutbah, they start to think, what is it I'm going to talk about? And for me this week, my journey was what? My journey was in this masjid. I was in this very masjid on Wednesday. And on Wednesday we had a very moving event. I count myself as being very fortunate to have been there, to have been fortunate enough to have such a wonderful reminder for myself. And that is what I want to share with you, my brothers and sisters. A young boy, <coughs> Tahmeed Muhammad, passed away. 13 years old. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. And the mosque was packed, the mosque was full. This hall was full, the next hall was full. I was in the next hall, watching on the screen. Loads of young people were there. Many young children in their school uniform, many non-Muslim children, his classmates, his schoolmates, they came, they stood at the back, all came to attend the Janazah Salah. There were some tears. He's a young boy, he has family. And one of his relatives before the Janazah stood where I'm standing and he delivered a short khutbah. It was fantastic, wallahi. Wallahi, he was so moving. He spoke about the boy, about the good deeds of this boy, the Prophet said we should speak about the good deeds of the dead and that is what he did. How he prayed Salatul Maghrib and before Maghrib to Salatul Isha while he was playing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took him. And here we were for the funeral prayer, the janazah of this boy. And after the janazah and this reminder that death will come to each and every one of us in the next hall before they took him to bury him we were allowed to see his body to see his face for the last time a young boy beautiful in his prime and we filed past the coffin and we saw this and wallahi 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 there are no better reminders that i have witnessed than an event like this and this made it clear to me was a reminder to me that we need to remember death that we need to remember death and then just out here they put him in the hearse and the hearse drove off and there were women there were men there were youngsters you could hear some tears the family seen him for the last time but one of the beautiful things one of the young people i spoke to afterwards mentioned he mentioned that the person who spoke and gave the khutbah also gave good news good news about what happens after death especially to the young person the young person who has very little blame in this world not like me and you we have lived for 20 30 40 years and it maybe is not just 20 30 40 years of obedience there is also years and years of disobedience from me from you from us a young person has little time little accounting inshallah subhanahu wa ta'ala so some of the good news he gave it made the heart feel some comfort even though it was a sad event I remind myself and you of this, that also in this same week there was news from Birmingham. 
This time it was not a 13-year-old, it was a 90-year-old. Dr. Mohammed Nassim, the chairman of Birmingham Central Mosque. Many of you would know him. He's been on TV, he's been on radio, speaking about Islam, about the Muslim community, defending the cause of this community in many, many areas and times. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took him in this particular week. So for me, the issue became that I should remind myself and share this reminder with you. And there are a few things I want to talk about. The first of them is a lie that is said that makes death far away from our eyes living in the West sometimes. They have a funny saying, Wallahi, it's a lie. They say that the only thing definite in life are death and taxes. Death and taxes. This is a lie. Because if you think about it, taxes, people can dodge their taxes. The rich people, they hire people from Deloitte, Ernest & Young, the big tax firms, and they organize their tax affairs. So really, the only thing that is definite, the only thing that will definitely come to me and you, as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, كُلُّ نَفْسٍ ذَائِكَةُ الْمَوْتِ كل نفس ذائقة الموت كل نفس ذائقة الموت that death is definite death will come to each and every one of us so death is the only thing that's definite and there are people who say لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله who this ayah should mean something to this ayah should be a reality we should be people who are alive, but we walk and talk and eat and sleep as if we are dead. Why? Why should we walk and talk and sleep as if we are dead? Because we know this is where we are heading. We know that the breath that I have, each time I breathe in, each time I breathe out, is counting down to the number of breaths that I have. The number of breaths that you have are definite, that I have are definite. And so the only thing that is definite is death. When we go to the graveyard, when we witness the burial of this dead boy, it is a reminder that we will end up like this. That me, you, Taji, you will be like this one day. And this reminder should have an effect to make the Muslim realize that death is near, that death could come anytime, young or old, rich or poor, man or woman, powerful leader, dustbin man, whoever you are in the spectrum, death will definitely come to each and every one of us. Our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the hadith related by Imam Tirmidhi and in the sunnah of Ibn Majah he relates to us sallallahu alayhi wasallam he said أَكْثِرُوا ذِكْرَ هَذِمِ اللَّذَّاتِ sallallahu alayhi wasallam said what? أَكْثِرُوا ذِكْرَ هَذِمِ اللَّذَّاتِ Remember often, remember a lot, the thing that kills pleasure. Yani what? Death. Encouraging us, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that the Muslim should remember death. Often. And when I think about this hadith, I say to myself, we have a problem. We have a problem, especially living here. Many of us, many, many of us have a problem. The hadith says, remember the killer, the destroyer of pleasures. What's the problem? We are steeped. We are drowning in pleasure. What is the life today? 
We live in a world today where pleasure is an industry. To seek pleasure, to find pleasure, to have better pleasure than you had yesterday. This is the constant occupation of the mind, of the efforts. Somebody has one house, he wants another one. Somebody has one business, he wants another one. Even in our homes. Some people, they can't keep still. Some people, they can't read a book anymore. It's very difficult for them. I have to watch something on YouTube. I have to watch the latest movie. Do you know what happened yesterday? I was on the bus here. And there was a guy on the bus on the phone to somebody else. And yeah, yeah, you know that woman, yeah, that man, he killed the woman in the house, yeah? And you know what? He wants to kill the other woman in the house. He's thinking somebody killed somebody. But as he was talking more and more, you realize he was talking about some film, some drama. And because we live here, because we live in this world dominated by this, from Dubai to London, seeking pleasure has become an industry. Films, movies, the mobile phone. I love my mobile phone. I love my mobile. Facebook, Twitter, I love it. I'm able to learn, communicate, speak with people all over the world on this little device. But this itself can become a curse for us, becomes a source of gratification, of pleasure for the senses, pleasure for the eyes, pleasure for the mouth, pleasure for the, for the instincts. We want to watch something to make us laugh. Oh, did you see that movie? Did you, we're sending it around each other. Our children come home from school. They want to go on the Wii. They want to go on YouTube. They want to watch this. They want to get the latest gadgets. People want to get the latest things, the nicest things. And what does it boil down to? Seeking pleasure. Steeped, drowning in pleasure. The Western secular way of life. What does it say? It says the purpose of life is the pursuit of happiness. Happiness meaning material pleasure. Pleasure for your senses, for your senses, your touch, your sight, your sound. To experience happiness always and more and more happiness. And this has come to affect us. I don't want people to misunderstand from this that Taji Mustafa stood here and said the Muslim should not experience pleasure. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what the hadith is saying. The Prophet wasallam, he smiled wasallam. He made fun with his wives, he joked with his sahaba. He ate nice food sometimes, he put on perfume wasallam. He liked women, he told us wasallam. The pleasures of this world should be now and then. It should not be that we are drowning in it. We are preoccupied, we are spending day, time, hours, days, life seeking it that we take from it now and then what to please us what to relax us this is the first problem if we are drowning in pursuing pleasure then we have no time to remember death this becomes the reality if we are chasing making money and watching the football team my football team where do they go we have very little time and this is one of the first things that stops us remembering death that we become people who are steeped. We live in a world dominated by global capitalism. And big part of that is the entertainment industry, and we become part of that. Brothers and sisters, the aim of remembering death is not to make our lives miserable. It is rather to deter, to stop us from committing sin. It is to stop us from committing disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is to make us and push us and help us to prepare for the most definite event in life, which is my death and your death. This is the aim of remembering death. So the first thing 
that I think we should do. My first recommendation to myself and yourself is number one, we have to find time to remember death. We have to put in our schedule, in our day, in our life, a connection, a time to make a connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A time to connect with the ayah when it says, Kullu nafsin That every soul will taste death. How do we do that? Read the Quran. Read this surah and many surahs. Surah Al-Qiyamah. Read them, read the tafsir. Read when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses me and you about death, about Jannah and its pleasures. So we start to desire it. About Jahannam and the fire and its punishments. About the grave and its torments. These verses, when they become live in our heads, because you've read the tafsir, you've heard a lecture about it, you've read the verse in your home, this awakens us and it makes us remember our true end. We need to find time to reflect, to reflect, to reflect. Time to be alone with our own thoughts. Time to be alone with our own thoughts. Some people, they do it after salah. They finish praying, everybody's got up and left, and the person will sit there and just think, what's my day been? What have I done today? What is it I did which I shouldn't have done? <coughs> and I ask Allah for forgive me. What is it that I should have done which I haven't done? What is far done me? What is my relationship with my family, with my children, with my ummah, with what's happening in Syria? Accounting oneself before Allah will account. This kind of remembrance helps to awaken the soul. And switching off sometimes, switching off. Practically, sometimes switching off the gadgets. These gadgets are always on. You know, your phone will bleep. Oh, new Facebook like, new Facebook update. Twi oh, Twitter update. Oh, the message from my boss. Oh, somebody sent me that nice picture on, 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 on WhatsApp. Oh, YouTube. Oh, that YouTube video is really funny. Should I watch it now? These things are constantly asking for our attention. And we need to discipline ourselves sometimes and switch off and teach our children and help our children and help our husbands and help our wives to switch off sometimes. This is helpful for us. Switch off and be alone with our thoughts and think between us and Allah and account ourselves. So this is the first thing. We've got to slow down from this world of just constantly seeking pleasure and seek pleasure sometimes to relieve us, to prepare us for the struggle of life and not that we are steeped and we are people who constantly do nothing but seek pleasure in this life. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu taqullaha haqqa tuqati wa la tamutunna illa wa antum muslimun O you who believe, fear Allah and we should fear Allah and ask Him for forgiveness and pray that we die but only as Muslims. Aqooli qawli hadha wa astaghfirullah بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد. Brothers and sisters, we're talking about remembering death. A reminder for me, a reminder for you. We're talking about the event which is the only definite event in life. 
And we have said that unfortunately, the Prophet ﷺ told us to remember the destroyer of pleasures, but we live in a life which constantly pushing us to seek pleasures. And we need to try to roll back from this and find time with ourselves and read those verses and think about our life and think about death so that this softens our hearts and pushes us to start to prepare for the final destination of you and I. It is said that there are three blessings which the one who remembers death thinks about. Three blessings. And so in the second part of the khutbah, I want to touch on what are those three blessings which we need to target when we remember death. What are those? That the person who remembers death is honored with three things. Number one, quick repentance. Number two, self-contentedness, to be happy with a little. And number three, energy in doing the acts of worship, in obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The first one is quick repentance. The one who remembers death, one of the outcomes, one of the things he should realize, should benefit from, is that he will start to make tawbah very quickly. Because each and every one of us, each and every one of us knows that we sin. I have sinned, you have sinned, we sin. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the Quran says he loves those who return to him and make tawbah and ask for forgiveness. The one who remembers death will think, I need to make tawbah. But I don't know how long I have to make tawbah. Should I wait till tomorrow? Or the day after tomorrow? Or the day after the day after tomorrow? I've got no guarantees I'm going to be around even tonight. So you will see such a person that pushes us to make tawbah and to ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive our sins, to have mercy on us, and to make us of those who remember death and as a result seek forgiveness often. Number two, the one who remembers death will have self-contentedness, will be happy with a little. Why? The one who starts to think about death, the one who goes to the graveyard and walks around and looks at the markings amidst the people who have come to bury their dead. And he says, this boy was 13. Subhanallah. That woman was 45. Ya Rabb. That man was 90. And then he says, I am between this. I am not that old. I am not that young. I don't know how long I'm going to have. I could be the next one buried in this graveyard. The one who starts to think like that will start to think of the accounting with Allah, the meeting with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and death becomes a reality. And so that person starts to think and desire what comes in the next life. The mercy of Allah and inshallah his jannah. And so the things of this life, the car, the this, the beautiful this, the latest gadget, the latest phone, becomes little in his eyes. Because he sees the real price. The real price is what comes in the next life. The real life for you and I is the next life. This is a temporary place. We're on a journey. We don't know how long the journey is going to take. We don't know how many breaths it's going to take this journey. But it is temporary. When you think of death, when I think of death, this becomes so clear in our mind. The temporary nature of this life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Rahman, Kullu man That everything will perish. 
You have health today, tomorrow your health goes. We have life today, tomorrow it will go. We are like a flower that blossoms. We're young, we're powerful, we can walk, we can talk, we can do this. And then one day you get ill. We can walk, we can run, one day we will die. When we remember this, this will make us to be content with little. We will not be competing and racing with those people who are running after the dunya. Because we will say, you can have it. Alhamdulillah, I have some comforts, I have a house, I have a family, my job is okay. To want more and run for more until I hit the grave? Until we will really know. So this is one of the benefits of remembering death. And in this ayah in Surah Rahman, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, كُلُّ مَنْ عَلَيْهَا فَانْ That everything on this earth will perish. The next ayah after this says what? But something will last forever. The face of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, full of majesty, full of honor. So who wants to be with Allah should seek the next life. And the things of the next life and not this life. The last thing which the person who remembers death often will benefit from is rushing to fulfill our duties. And this one is a problem. This one is a problem. Because the one who, I remember death, he feels a bit anxious about dying, but he does not change. He does not say, what is fud? What is a duty on me? This is a problem. If I'm like that or you're like that. One of the benefits that should come is that the Muslim says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Every atom's weight of evil, of bad that we do, we will see it on that day. And every atom's weight of good that we do, we will see it on that day. That means everything will be accounted. Nobody has a paper exemption. You will not be asked about this duty or this duty or this duty. The Muslim has to assume Allah will ask me about everything he ordered. So what are our duties? We have duties to ourselves. Things only between us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our salah. It's between you and Allah alone. How did we pray? With khushu? With attentiveness? At its time? Our zakah, our, all those individual duties. But we also have duties to our families. How did we raise them in this world, living in the West, with all the pressures on our children? How did we, did we spend time with them? I know it's not easy. I face the same problem like you. Children are being pulled in one way, you're trying to pull them in another way. But we need to try. And to finish off our duties to the society we live in. We should be people who carry down for Islam here. Are we doing this duty as a Muslim community? A little, not enough. And also our duties towards our ummah. Some people that don't want you to talk about Syria. They say it's terrorism. Tell them to shut up. This is our ummah dying in Syria and Somalia and Central African Republic. We have a duty to give our sadaqah, to add our voice to their cause, to call for the return of Islam and the Khilafah to solve the problems in those lands, to call for the sharia and the unity of the Muslim ummah. We have duties on many levels. And if you remember death, one of the outcomes should be that we rush to fulfill our duties. Brothers and sisters, when the hour is near that we are taken, people are divided into two groups. The first group are people Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about in the Quran, in Surah Fusilat and other places. That those people, they will be calm. 
The angels will come to them when we die in the grave, this dark place. The angels will come and tell those people not to worry. That they have been good, they have worshipped Allah in this life. They should not worry about the people they left behind. The wife, the husband, the children, they'll be looked after. They should not worry about what is in front of them. Yawm al-Qiyamah, they will be looked after. They will have a place in Al-Jannah, inshaAllah. And we pray to Allah will be amongst those people because of the way we live our life now. But there is a second group. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the kuffar and those who disobey him. That on that day, they will be anxious. They will be wanting to come back to this life, not to enjoy it but to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not to make us amongst them. We ask him that our brother, our little brother who passed away, Dr. Muhammad Naseem, our elders, our parents, our shuyuk, all those who've passed away, that he grants them al-jannah, inshallah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us to be amongst the people who remember death often. The people who run to remember death often. We ask him to save us from the punishment of the grave and the torment. To make it a place with light and nur inside when we end up there. We ask him that on Yom Al-Qiyamah he makes our accounting to be easy. Not to be a heavy one. To have mercy on us because he has mercy Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask Allah to forgive us for the things we should not have done. We ask Allah to help us to do our duties. Allahumma rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adhab al-nar. Rabbana innana amana fakfir lana dhunubana wa qina adhab al-nar. Rabbana wa la tahmil alayna isran kama hamaltaw wa la alladhina min qablina. Wa sallallahu ala sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in wa aqimu salah. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.